You're listening to Shift, Human First Financial Guidance with Ross Marino. Today, we are shifting the conversation with Kendra Wright. She isn't just an extraordinary marketer, she's actually an unforgettable human. In her previous life, she worked in rock and roll marketing for some of the biggest names in music, Willie Nelson, Motley Crue, Matchbox 20. And actually, I'll pause and think, how do you go from marketing three completely different groups in there? But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, She's certified across 10 areas of digital marketing. She is obsessed with understanding the psychology, empathy, and behavioral aspects behind what moves people to take action online. And in her spare time, she's all about impact and adventure. She's spoken at TEDx. She's RV'd the lower 48 states, spearheaded a creative community project in Austin, Texas. And when she isn't busy running Rebel Media, you'll find her boarding planes to the most interesting places on the globe where she may be found hiding in a bathroom at parties because she's a raging introvert. But really, kudos to you, Kendra, because you actually made it to the party before you hid in the bathroom. Now, if you're joining us for Shift in 2023, Kendra will be speaking on a panel titled Human First Marketing in the Wild, Real Advisors Getting It Right. Welcome to the show, Kendra. Super stoked to be here. And I, I love your your bio. So much fun. I couldn't read it all the way through because there's just so many interesting things in there. But truly, at least you went to the party. So as an introvert, I'm calling kudos. Yeah, you know, just getting there can be for us introverts. It can be the biggest part of the struggle. So I have a rule that I go and I stay for an hour. And if it still sucks, I Irish goodbye. <laughs> You know, I just learned about the Irish goodbye, and I just thought that was like an introvert goodbye. But could you maybe explain what that is? Because I literally just learned about it. Yeah. So an Irish goodbye is where you sneak out of the party without telling anyone you're leaving, which is great because then you don't have to do the whole like hugs, goodbye, or feel guilty if you're leaving early and feel uncool. <laughs> So let's start with what's unique about you and, uh, you know, how you serve advisors. Your whole perspective comes from the rock and roll world now in financial services, but you're applying all of that to financial marketing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. I think what makes me so unique in working in this space, like you said first, is just I was not educated and I continue to not be educated and inspired inside of finance. Um, I know enough to not, you know, make compliance grumpy, but I'm always looking outside of our industry to look for innovative ideas and continue to be trained there, educated there. Um, And because, you know, as most people know, financial services is a bit behind the times on a few pieces. And so I'm just always trying to be extra um, aware of what's happening that we can bring into finance. So uh, the second thing is, most marketers can either think or do. Very few can do both. And really what that means is they can usually create you an amazing strategy, which is thinking, what you know, what should we do? Uh, and then, or they can execute, they're order takers. And that really is just like, who does the work? And what's unique about me is I'm that one rare percent that can do both. And so when I talk about marketing, I'm not disconnected from what it takes to actually do the work. And I try to be very actionable and practical about the suggestions or strategies that I bring to the table and be thoughtful about the advisor's experience level because different experience levels can really impact your strategy, your strengths, and where I would point you based off of your question. 
being strategic and tactical is not an easy thing. And really for many people, it's just not possible. I know that that is a brain type and jumping back and forth is, is certainly challenging. Now, you of course own a marketing agency. You support advisors in marketing. I can tell you many years ago, I didn't need a marketing company because I was going to do it on my own. And well, yeah, that worked out well. Obviously, I got so much wrong because my marketing was just one big flop. What did I do that probably got it wrong? I'm pretty sure I'm not alone. What is it that advisors do that they just get wrong, even though it feels right? You know, well, the first thing is we build everything in our business for us and not our prospect. And so, you know, the thing is that we hear about this a lot where advisors are highly, you know, technical and over jargoned up. And the reality is that your website is not built for you, but it's written by you and essentially ready to be read by you. Um, and so the best advisors getting it right, um, they are obsessed with understanding how their clients and prospects and even other people's prospects who are a good fit for them talk about the problems that they solve. And what's really unique and what people don't expect is that most people online, um, they read and comprehend best at a sixth grade level. And so, you know, when we have these highly technical websites, you know, um, that can really not serve your clients and prospects as well. Um, and so the first thing I tell advisors to do is really become obsessed with how the people you serve or the people you want to serve talk about their problems. And I heard an advisor, uh, Dave Zoller, say it really well recently. He said, you know, nobody, nobody cares about tax loss harvesting. Um, what they care about is like, how do I pay less in taxes? Or I'm earning a lot more, but I'm keeping a lot less. Why is that? Those are the kind of ways you take something technical and you explain it in a simple way. And you don't even have to really write it. You just have to listen for it. So when you're on your prospect calls or your client calls, what exactly are they saying to you? I will literally write this down. I will go through forms and call, you know, notes and different things. I'm like, what did the client actually say? So become really obsessed with that and how you describe that. And from a copy perspective, which is the foundation of all digital marketing, that's going to get you ahead of 80% advisors out there is talking like your prospects and not your peers. Yeah, and I think it's just instinctive for us to talk about what we do, even though we may understand why we do it. We just geek out on what we do. It's probably why we chose this profession. So to dive into that, it, it's just, it's so simple to do that. I am certain that I did that in marketing. And uh, I think our prospects would have come to my website, seen all that technical stuff and the what I do. And they probably just thought, well, this person isn't speaking to me. They actually work with a different type of person that maybe really loves that stuff. I mean, is it that much of a turnoff? Well, I think what's really interesting is the broader conversation about this. So the, the challenge for most advisors is that when they speak like their prospect instead of their peers, they are afraid that they will be seen as incompetent or they might not sound you know, smart or intelligent. And you really have to shift your mindset into believing that I win when I communicate to the people I serve and they understand how I help and the problems I can solve in their life. And I am confident in my own ability to simplify this and not sound like the smartest person in the room, but I will be the most helpful person in the room. So I think that's really some of the issues I see around certain advisors and the way that they don't want to simplify their language to people 
prospect friendly um, is is really that element of, oh, I've got to sound smart. And, and you really nailed it when you said it's two different sides of the brain. So even as somebody who is um, an, you know, a strategist and someone who execute executes, what I do is I will schedule separate times. I have to like brain shift. So when I'm looking at strategy for our clients, I will literally set aside, um, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. And I will like have to zoom up, you know, come out of the forest up into the sky and think from a high level perspective, you know, what do my clients need to do best or next? Like what is the next best step in our strategy plan? But then when it comes to execution and that's where it's a natural spot for me, I know how to get things done. I'm like autopilot. Like I can crush through a lot of things. And so if you're an advisor, you might have to schedule time to zoom up above the trees, come out of that really technical mindset and really shift into how would you describe what you do to your grandma? How would you describe the problems that you solve to your grandma over coffee or a great dinner? And that sounds so simple, but you know, people also talk about describing it to their children. I don't know. I just love thinking about my grandma. She, she's, she's interested. She wants to know, but she has a, a knowledge limit. Um, and so that's kind of how I think about it. That's actually a great way. And, and you're right. There's going to be a fear of seeming incompetent or basic and maybe sounding like other people who claim to be financial planners, but they don't really do planning. And I never thought about it much, but yes, there's this aversion to sounding like them. Little did I know that their communication and their marketing is actually what worked, even though they're not fiduciaries, they may not be financial planners, but they actually know how to connect with people. So uh, let's say I do need to shift the conversation. I'm I'm ready to, to dive into marketing next 30 days. How about some practical tips of here's what I could do in the next 30 days to really help shift how I approach marketing? Yeah. So one thing I talk about it, uh, often that is a bit counterintuitive for most uh, financial services people is that we often think the advisors or fintech brands that are totally, you know, crushing it online are doing all the things, you know, a lot of things. And what I know from talking to the advisors that we all know are doing a great job is the opposite. The best advisors who are, you know, really conquering the digital landscape with a lot of grace and uh, success, um, they're really actually doing a few things well, not all the things, few things better. And so what I often recommend for most people is before we talk about what you're going to do, how can we get clear on what you won't do now? And that doesn't mean you won't do it forever. It's not a, you know, never, it's just not now. So the first thing I would say is, what are you going to stop doing in your marketing? Instead of going wide, I would recommend you go deep. So, you know, if you have a competitive advantage of being a great speaker, and let's just say you've got a podcast and you're trying to do a blog and you're trying to do all these things, I would go deep. I would go ultra deep on the podcast because the advisors that are winning online, they know their competitive advantage and they're exploiting it. They are maximizing it. They are ultra focused and focused is a competitive edge because the way that the industry online has changed over the last few years, and I think it will continue to change, is that attention is one, it's segmented. 
So there's people on all these different platforms. And the second piece is each platform is getting a bit more nuanced. So what it takes to be a successful podcaster or YouTuber or successful on LinkedIn, whatever your platform of choice is, it's just, it's so different. And so that's not a bad thing. But if you can be focused on here's where I really want to succeed and, and for LinkedIn, here is my strategy around how to bring people off that platform, onto my email list, and onto my call calendar in a graceful, authentic, not creepy way, you're going to win a million times faster than the advisor is jumping from platform to platform. So the first thing in the next 30 days is I want you to ask yourself, what will I stop doing for now or pause or put in my idea garden so that I can go deep while other advisors try to go wide? And that's really where you start to stand out. You mentioned that as future proof, and I, I think I actually talked to you after you finished speaking how what you had said stuck out so much, which is find out what you're doing that you enjoy and you know you're good at, and don't just double down, quadruple down. And yeah. the way I was able to apply that is I wrote a book with Susan Bradley, took us 18 months. Um, yeah. I've written newsletters. I've written blog posts. I've done a lot of writing. Can I do it? Yes. How do I feel about it? It is cruel and unusual punishment. It is flat out torture. It drains so much mental energy. And frankly, I don't care what the end result looks like. If you told me, Ross, you are the greatest writer in the world, I'd say, thank you so much. I don't care because right. it sucks the life out of me. And then hearing you say that, I thought, well, I enjoy talking. I enjoy asking questions. I enjoy interviews. I guess I should just do podcasting and YouTube videos. And you know what? That's actually okay. Yeah, energetically, it it pulls you forward. You don't have to push yourself. And there are going to be some, you know, advisors who maybe they're like, you know, I don't feel confident on video. And that's okay. You can also learn um, to be good at something. But I think there's a difference between, you know, I should do this thing. I should be a book writer because that's what everybody does, even if you're good at it, um, versus I am inspired and interested and curious about being excellent at YouTube. I want you to go from, I don't just want to be you know, average, I want to be awesome. I want to be elite at YouTube because that simple mindset shift is I'm not just going to be a financial podcaster. I am going to be one of the top 1% of podcasters. That simple tweak, that simple change, all of a sudden you go from, okay, now I got to get on here with these guests. To, how do I be absolutely incredible at asking questions? How do I, you know, tweak my titles to get more downloads, more listens? You know, how do I learn to speak more clearly with better enunciation? How do I quit saying so many ums? All of a sudden, you have the focus, the clarity, and the um, desire to go deep. And I think that's people that stand out. It's not easy. It's easy to say, and it's hard to do. So I want to acknowledge that. It's hard to focus when the world is like, do this thing or threads or whatever. And it's just like, I want you to understand, what are you excited about? and or might have a competitive advantage because you're a great speaker like you are, Ross, and you're curious, and how do you leverage the crap out of it? And then how do you stay in your own freaking lane and just do it, just go, just stay focused because focus is a competitive advantage in every industry and especially in finance. A few minutes ago, someone in the office just said, oh, what are you doing today? And I said, oh, I've got four podcast interviews that I'm recording and then I actually said, it's an easy day. And we just walked away. And I would think about for some people, that might be a really tiring day. For me, I, I'm literally going to go play tennis tonight with some friends. 
it's it's just a day. But if you asked me to write a newsletter article, it would take two or three hours and it would absolutely suck the life out of me. So I just love the whole idea of really focusing in on this is what you need to do. This is what you want to get right. Um, how about if we um, just talk a little bit about not just what you did in rock and roll marketing and financial services marketing, but I'm sure along that journey, you've seen the parallels, you've seen some differences. How about we talk about some of the ways rock and roll marketing is similar to financial services marketing? Yeah. So I think the way that rock and roll and financial services marketing are interesting is that everybody wants to make an impact. So if you're a performer on stage, your impact is to create a feeling in somebody's life. You want to help people in your own unique way. And I think advisors are really unique in that. They really want to truly help people. It's one of the things I really love about the financial services industry. The second thing is they got a lot of competition. You know, every industry has a ton of competition and both performers and advisors are always asking, how do I stand out? How do I take the stage? And for a performer, that might be a physical stage. But for an advisor, that stage could be, how do I stand out on LinkedIn? How do I stand out as a podcast? Or how do I stand out when I send an email? We're always trying to um, create a performance that really is unique and unusual and memorable. And I really think that so many of those parallels are there. And I personally believe that from a like a brand and a voice and a messaging standpoint, I don't believe that you build it. I believe you embrace it. So for example, some of the most successful artists, like they're just so quirky and they're so weird that no one could ever copy them. And I believe that most advisors have something quirky or weird or interesting that they can leverage and amplify to sound like nobody else. And I do this in my own business. You know, I own an agency in the finance space and we have a ton of competitors. Um, But to me, you know, when I rebranded our website, um, you know, I think it was later earlier this year or last year, I had to ask myself, am I comfortable leaning into being the rock and roll kid in financial marketing? And that's really scary because this industry can be, well, it's a bit conservative at times. Right. Right. And so I, you know, if you see me on stage, I am like heavily sleeved. I typically show up in leather and, a, you know, leather pants and a leather jacket. Like that is me. And I had to have this conversation with myself. It's like, am I going to be who I really am? And I was like, absolutely. But it was still scary for me, even though I've done it. And I think as an advisor, really, you don't have to ask, how do I stand out? It's more about how do I have the courage to talk about what makes me quirky or weird? Um, and, and that's really what I think the best advisors do is they lean into who they are and they leverage that. And that will attract an ideal kind of client. You know, the people that come to work with me, I talk a lot about like, I don't work with jerks. You can't buy a slot on our client list. It's not for sale. You earn it by being first and foremost, a good person. Second, I got to believe in what you do and feel that you really want to make a positive impact. I'm not going to energetically sign my team or my brain for something I don't believe in. And I communicate that. And that really attracts good people. So what is that quirky thing that you care about? You know, what can you amplify that's a little funky, a little weird? Be courageous. And those simple things, like, that's how you stand out. It's a great answer. And it really is marketing, no matter how you put it. It's connecting with people. And and I've learned over the years how important the right fit is. And for you to be you, you're going to attract the people that are the right fit. 
And if you think about it from the client perspective, the person you're going to be able to help the most is the one that actually connects with you. And as a financial planner, I don't think I understood that 20, 30 years ago because I knew what I did. And I believed I could help anybody, but it really just isn't that simple. You you have to be able to connect with those people. Now, I know as we go into shift next year in March, you're going to be speaking there. How about you talk real quickly about your session? Yeah. So what I'm really excited about with coming to shift is first, just I think it really attracts those people that I love to surround myself with. There's good people who care about making a positive impact. And so the second thing about shift that I think is really interesting about the session that I'm planning to do is I think that a lot of marketers want to come in and give advice. It feels really hard to implement on. And if you ever come to any of my talks or panels or anything, the number one thing, like my philosophy is if you can't walk out of the room using something I've given you and make a difference in your business, I've failed. I'm not there to make myself look smart. I'm there to help you win. And so my session is going to be highly actionable and practical about who are the advisors that are getting this really like um, genuine um, uh, marketing and connection, right? Like how are they standing out? And, and we're going to walk through it from a very practical standpoint. I'll tell you what it is, why it works and how you can apply it to your marketing. Because I don't want you to just be another Kendra or another Ross. I want you to be who you are turning that dial up and really leaning into that and and teaching you how as a strategist, I will look at an idea and then I ask myself, how do I apply this to my clients or my business? And once you learn a couple of these really simple shifts, right, then everything changes. You're like, oh, I, I can take this strategy and apply it across a lot of different ways. And so I really try to bring practical, specific examples. So then you can see yourself in, oh yeah, they said it like this. And then we'll talk about how do they get that language? Where can you get your language? Or where can you borrow a great idea from somebody else? Like you can find great prospect language from reading Amazon reviews. You can find great prospect um, language from reading Reddit threads or listening to interviews. Or there's a million different ways to get words that work online. You don't have to create them. You can borrow them. And so we'll talk through a few of those different perspectives, why I think people that are doing it right are doing it right, how they're standing out, how you can stand out. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see you next year in March and hear you at Shift. Thanks, Kendra. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Shift with Ross Marino. Please visit humanfirst.live to learn more. The show is for general information purposes only and is not intended to provide recommendations or advice. Speak with a legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Past performance references are historical and do not guarantee future results.